Viva Energy and Engine have announced a combination of their respective African business and Yahoo plans to lay off over 1,000 staff. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC, INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. 2023 has kicked off with a number of African countries dealing with a myriad of issues ranging from drought and its effect on food security to debt veering off into the unsustainable region. Jeff Gable, Chief African Economist with APSA Bank, delves into this and more. We know that we've come through uh, as a continent a very difficult period in 2020 and into 2021, certainly here in East Africa and, and here in Uganda as well. Helpfully, sort of the recovery is going reasonably well. The graphic on the left shows that in in Tanzania, there was very little interruption in the official statistics of economic growth during this very difficult period. But here in Uganda, which is the, the thicker of the red lines in Kenya, certainly 2020, early 2021, difficult. And then we've seen recovery growing much faster than the global average, much faster than the sub-Saharan average over this period. But we think about the parts of the economy that each person in this room faces, right? Some of those rooms, some of those uh, sectors are doing a little bit better than others. If we think about those sectors and compare where we are now, or at least the most recent data to where we were just before COVID, well, in that space, and it feels a little bit strange, the agriculture sector is much bigger now than it was before. That overall, agri's been a difficult business to be in the last couple quarters with drought, right? Some shrinkage there. So very volatile growth in that space. Communication sector, right? Doing reasonably well. I believe we're live streaming here again today. So we're using more than our fair share, uh, I suppose, of data. And you look through the various sectors in the economy and right towards the bottom of the table are those that are kind of lagging the most Right, the ones that have struggled to come back from COVID, and there's no real surprise in that place, that accommodation and food, right? Sort of the tourism industry, the hospitality industry, hit first by the global lockdowns in 2020, then starting to recover quickly. And then there are a broad set of headwinds, or at least you, as indicated by businesses and surveys or asking consumers about their own sentiment, whether it be in the manufacturing sector in PMIs, whether it be the business tendency index, what we're seeing is that it's kind of plus minus neutral, right? Has been worse, could be better. Sort of a bit of a cautious approach to the next periods in in the economy. Part of that, of course, is interest rates are higher than they were before. Credit often is a little bit more difficult to access uh, in, in the current space. But there's also a broader challenge here that's just been generated by inflation. Inflation globally jumped to multi-decade highs, but certainly as a household, you would have felt it. Food price inflation's off its peak, but still rising by nearly a quarter from where we were uh, a year ago. Education prices rising very rapidly, whether we look at core inflation or headline inflation or just sort of uh, electricity and fuel and, and other utilities, there's been a lot of pressure in the system. Households very much having to, to tighten their belt. Now, the great news in this space, right, 
is thanks in part to base effects. I don't think the price of fuel is going to fall considerably, but at least it will stop rising dramatically. As we start into the next growing season and the impact of the regional drought and the next growing season, and we get sort of some of the benefit from global food prices coming off, that part of the inflation index should moderate as well. We are not yet one year into Russia-Ukraine. And so whether you are a farmer and thinking about fertilizer prices, whether you are a consumer or a business or others, and you're thinking about energy, there are a lot of uncertainties in the system right now. And so my sense is that it's not just here in East Africa or across the continent globally. Policymakers are going to be very cautious around reducing interest rates too soon. And I mentioned caution in the approach to business and consumers, and I've mentioned sort of a cautious approach of policymakers here around interest rates and others. Part of that cautious approach is because, frankly, there's just a lot of risks out there. I mentioned Russia, Ukraine, but it's also the case that when we think about public finance, right, and we think about debt, and we think about a number of the things that we've spoken about the fact of the matter is, is that everywhere we look in the world, countries are going into this next phase of the economic recovery. They're going into this next phase with an awful lot more debt than they had before. And so it was five or six years ago that to uh, our south and, and to the east in Mozambique, a debt crisis, right? Immediately to our uh, east and a, a bit to the north, I suppose, in Kenya, right? Very active discussion in the new government about how to get debt under control so that there isn't a sort of a broader challenge. We look a little bit south into the west. Zambia a couple years into sort of a debt uh, restructuring. Ghana in West Africa. So there's an awful lot of focus globally right now on those countries that have found themselves overexposed. What does overexposed mean? And should we be worried about it here? And so we have countries that are in that space that are in debt distress or at high risk of debt distress. Ghana is listed there. They're in default currently. Kenya is listed there. And let's say the new government very much focused on what they can do in terms of fiscal consolidation. I'm happy to say Ghana currently in default got itself to the point where about two thirds of all of the taxes it raised. 100 CDs come in in tax. 65, 67 CDs go out just to pay service debt, not to pay public sector wages, not to build schools and hospital and other infrastructure, just very difficult in that space. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. The annual inflation rate in Rwanda is for the second month to 31.1% in January of 2023 from 31.7% in the prior month amid a slight slowdown in prices of food and non-alcoholic beverages of which vegetables and bread and cereals. Prices also increase at a slower pace for other CPI items such as housing and utilities, furnishings and household equipment and transportation. On a monthly basis, consumer prices inched up by 2.1% after decreasing by 1.5% in the prior month. Yahoo plans to lay off more than 20% of its total 8,600 workforce as part of a major restructuring. The veteran tech company is reorganizing its advertising unit, which will lose more than half of the department by the end of the year. Nearly a thousand employees will be affected by the cuts by the end of the week. Yahoo is the latest tech firm to announce job losses 
as firms struggle with downturn in demand, high inflation and rising interest rates. The technology industry, once a reliable source of employment, has cut jobs at the second highest pace on record to brace for a possible recession. Companies including Google, Amazon and Meta are now grappling with how to balance cost-cutting measures with the need to remain competitive as consumer and corporate spending shrink amid high inflation and rising interest rates after the pandemic. Vivo Energy and Engine have announced a combination of their respective African business to create one of the continent's largest energy distribution companies. Combined, the group will have over 3,900 service stations and more than 2 billion litres of storage capacity across 27 African countries. Engine is the market leader in South Africa. In in the deal, Malaysia's gas giant chain Engine will sell 74% of its stake at an undisclosed amount to Vivo, with the transaction currently pending regulatory approvals. Engen has around 1,300 service stations across seven African countries, while Vivo Energy is a major pan-African retailer and distributor of fuels and lubricants to retail and commercial customers with over 2,600 service stations across 23 African countries. Vivo Energy CEO Stan Mittelman said the completion of the transaction will be a step change in the company's growth in South Africa and other important markets. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial and you can find me at with the Dong. 